Welcome to American Players Theater Talk Backs to Go. I'm Buzz Kemper, and I invite you to take a walk up the hill with Orange Schroeder and me as Orange chats with actor Kelsey Brennan and director Tyne Raffaelli about APT's production of Pride and Prejudice, adapted by Joseph Hanready and J.R. Sullivan from the novel by Jane Austen. We are here to talk about Jane Austen's novel and now play, Pride and Prejudice, and we are fortunate to have with us director Tyne Raffaelli and Kelsey Brennan, who's playing the key role of Elizabeth Bennett. Thank you both for coming today. Thank you for having us. Uh, Tyne, this is your first uh, season at APT, and yes, I don't indeed. know if they brought you in because you're British, or I'm, <laughs> I'm sure they actually brought you because you're a very excellent uh, director, and certainly having worked at Lincoln Center and uh, both in New York and London is greatly to your credit, but this is a different sort of a setting. How are you finding it? It is an extraordinary setting to do this particular story, uh, specifically because, you know, the Bennetts are living on a working farm and they are five girls who have been brought up in the countryside and that's a huge facet of our production that is permeated through the costume design and through the physicality and through the staging. So to stage this story in the woods, ostensibly, I couldn't now imagine doing it anywhere else. And I definitely could not imagine doing it inside, specifically our production. Feels very born from the soil. Um, and so to do it in this environment is really, really extraordinary. And also it's an ensemble piece through and through. I mean, there are 24 people who are building this story. And so to work with a company who have worked together before and have such a deep level of trust and knowledge of each other means that the work gets, we're starting from such a solid place, such a strong company that the work can develop so quickly and so deeply that kind of both the setting and the spirit of the company is making this piece go to places I didn't really expect. And, and Kelsey, as an experienced APT actor, what have you told uh, Tyne about working on the <laughs> APT stage? And Run away while you still can. No. And while I, you're running, put I, on bug spray. I haven't. I haven't had to tell her much. I mean, what's really great is is um, having a knowledge of this space, but it's always so fantastic and has been with time to kind of watch her as an artist start to realize what the space is capable of. So I think we're using entrances and exits and parts of the stage and we're using it in a way that I haven't before and I haven't seen done before just because her eye is, it's new to it. Um, so it's, it's, it's being reimagined in a, in a really new way. So I don't have to tell her a thing. She's got it. She's good. <laughs> Just let her go, and she's fine. <laughs> That's great. And this, of course, is unusual for APT because it's not actually originally written as a play. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I think that some of our audience members will recognize Joe Hanready's name because he was the artistic director at the Milwaukee Repertory Theater from 1993 to 2010 and also was at the Madison Rep a long time ago. But uh, he's also worked in Chicago and off-Broadway. What are the challenges for someone like Joe um, to, uh, together with J.R. Sullivan to adapt Austin's well-known novel to a play? 
Well, first of all, I think they've done an excellent job because the scope of the novel is absolutely huge. I mean, just purely in plot, there is so many people and so many intricacies which I feel they've distilled into a really, really well-made a really well-made play. They've also, uh, and this is key, they've given enough, it's a very clean adaptation. And so they've given whoever comes to it space for interpretation and space for uh, their own artistry. And I think that's key. And I think that's what Brenda and I, when we were first reading it, were really struck by, is that there is a lot of room in it for us to bring our own ideas. So I'm very grateful that there's both a very solid structure, which we can hang on to, which is essential, but also enough room for us to reinterpret what the novel means to us at APT in 2015. And Austin is more popular now, I think, than ever. Um, Kelsey, do you want to talk about what, uh, what you think the appeal of Jane Austen is? Oh my goodness. Um, well, I had never read Austen, actually, surprisingly, because I'm, I'm a bit of a bookworm, but it just was something that had never landed in my lap, even as a, as a younger artist. And so I was completely blown away by how funny she is, how smart she is. And just the reading of the novel, you know, over the winter time was one of the most enjoyable reading experiences. Of course. I mean, of course it was. She's brilliant. Um, but I have to think a bit, think of it in terms of, uh, you know, why is Lizzie, why is Elizabeth Bennet such a magnetic heroine? Um, and she's just, she is a creature of the earth. She is a spirit that moves through the world moment by moment, breathing it all in and processing it with true um, uh, understanding and enlightenment and assertion. She's a phenomenal woman. I mean, she really is. So I have my work cut out for me because not only do I want to try to embody that spirit, which is uh, arresting at times and can take your breath away, but I also want um, want to embody a character that people already love. So identifying with, with your character is one of the broad appeals and the lasting appeals for young women, especially reading the novel. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think showing that Elizabeth Bennet is not, um, she's, she's not a polite woman in a very pretty dress. She's, she's a hero, you know, and she, um, she's got a lot of courage. And will she be wearing a very pretty dress? Are you setting it in period? We are setting it in period, although it was um, my starting off point for the whole design process was that when you read Austen's novel, it's not actually descriptive. It's really interesting. It's a very, very emotional, deeply, beautifully emotional landscape that she um, that she creates, not a book that is kind of drowning in description about the Regency period. And I was really struck by that because it's adapted for TV and film so much. You start to associate Austen with this like historical, backward gazing museum piece costume drama. And when you read the novel, that's not actually what the novel is about. So we've created an emotional landscape and we studied very um, fastidiously the history and the time period and we stole what we wanted and we got rid of the rest. So we have an essence of the period, but we are no way 
bogged down by that because what I wanted, especially in terms of costume design, is that we're talking about five women between the ages of 14 and 22. That's like through puberty, as their sexuality is like blooming and being discovered. And so it was very important to me that these women felt real and human and that we could see their bodies under their dresses. To a degree. <laughs> Don't get excited, guys. <laughs> um, but that we could read that they're real girls and that a young girl in 2015 coming to see the show will not have any impediment um, relating to them, that there's nothing blocking our experience of them. And that was essential. So it's a very spare production. It's stealing what we want and throwing away the rest so that what we hopefully create is an emotional experience, not a keyhole into mid-19th century life, but an emotional landscape in which you are moved. And so that was really the basis of our design process. How is color used? That's a very good question. Um, I mean, part of the challenge of the adaptation is that we move from location to location to location very, very quickly. So uh, what we've discovered as a company is that we're actually not doing what you could perceive as a screenplay with many, many locations. We're actually doing a piece of theatre where there's one location, which is Elizabeth Bennett's mind and Elizabeth Bennett's heart. And so our scenic design is creating a blank canvas in which we can enter a extraordinary spirit and go with her through extraordinary adventures. Um, so it's a very simple set. And then the thing that we have to play with is the color of the costumes and Susan Mickey who's an extraordinary costume designer and I have been really rigorous in containing the color palette and telling story through color so the Bennett's are all part of a particular color world so are the wealthier people and when you mix that up just through bodies moving through space wearing these extraordinary costumes and these very particular colors will tell a story on its own let alone anything else. So we kind of have a blank canvas and these beautiful colours to paint all these pictures. That sounds fascinating. <laughs> what, what about the sound design? Is there anything unusual <laughs> in sound? <laughs> yes, there is actually. There is. We um, have, in the way that I wanted these girls to be robust and country girls who walk through mud. I mean, Lizzie is spoken about as being incredibly athletic and she loves to walk and she turns up places with mud up to her knees. Um, we are articulating that through sound. It's a much more muscular and uh, vibrant sound than you would necessarily associate with this period, I was trying to move away from the dainty and move to some, as, as Kelsey said, Lizzie is subversive. She's brave and she is breaking a world order that has been in place for a long time by her steadfast belief in, in the power of true love. And we wanted to reflect that bravery through the sound and through something quite, um, Bold. I would say that the sound design was bold. And again, the sound design is an articulation of what Lizzie is going through. It is not a decoration. 
So for those that don't really understand what sound design is beyond um, having someone singing in the production, mm -hmm. how, what, what element of our experience on stage is covered in sound design? Uh, emotional. Uh, that Josh Schmidt, who's really extraordinary uh, composer and sound designer, and I are in a... We haven't even spoken about the technical aspects of what the sound design is going to be. All we've spoken about is the dramaturgical... Um, we've been on a dramaturgical exploration of Lizzie Bennett's experience. And he, it is up to him to articulate that through sound, but it will be an articulation of a deep emotional experience, which breaks into dance and breaks into something more recognizable, but then slips back into a internal place in which we're following this woman on this extraordinary journey. And Kelsey, how does how does the journey change her from the early part of the play to the end of the play? Oh, I would love to have a clear answer for that <laughs> at this point. I, that's what we're finding out. Um, I think Tyne and I, uh, you know, every day we we excavate a little bit more of what the journey is, where it starts, where it accelerates, where it. I have no idea where it ends up. We haven't really touched parts of this play because it is so epic. It's a huge story, um, but I think what we're realizing. Um, is that this this play, Lizzie can't, she can't leave the stage. I mean, the journey is constant, right? Uh, and it, it, it begins in a, in a somewhat stable everyday place. It's, Tyne likes to say cracked open, and I love that phrase, cracked open by the discovery of this man or this entity or this different being. And then it starts to slowly bleed through all of the different experiences she has. And it is about self-discovery. That's what's so beautiful about this love story. And it is. It's a profound love story, but it's about two people who, um, because of the way they're able to view each other, um, and because of the way they they uh, inspire self-discovery, uh, that's that's what their love is based in. And if you can learn something about yourself from someone else that loves you that you love, wow! I mean, that's a that is a that's a profound experience. So we'll see. That's the hope. <laughs> well, thank you both for taking us with you on this journey to the English countryside. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Talkbacks to Go is a production of Orange Tree Imports, Pro Video and Film, and Audio for the Arts. Your host is Orange Schroeder. I'm Buzz Kemper. Our music is by Steve Tibbetts and is used by permission of the artist. Please find us on iTunes and YouTube under APT Talkbacks to Go. Thank you for listening. Thank you.